you know, how do we set ourselves up to have the best rewarding, you know, life experience? Because we age every day of our life. It doesn't start at 50 or 43 or whatever number we choose, right? We, so how do we set ourselves up so that we get that quality of life that we are looking for? Welcome to Zestful Aging, where I interview thoughtful, inspiring, and influential guests who are changing the way we think about what is possible in our lives, especially as we age. I'm your host, Nicole Christina, psychotherapist and fellow Zestful Ager. Our music is courtesy of Judy Banker, a previous guest on Zestful Aging. Her CD, Buffalo Motel, is out, and you can find out more about Judy and her music on judybanker.com. I know that everyone is feeling really stressed and anxious right now. We're all unsettled and feel out of control. So I created a free download for you for maintaining mental health based on my 30 years as a psychotherapist. Um, Just go to zestfulaging.com and it is all yours. Well, it's sure easy to interview somebody who has a very similar perspective and philosophy about eating and health. You're going to be hearing my lovely interview with Annie Goudreau and her beautiful French accent. She is a wellness person and a nutritionist in Toronto. And we talk a lot about COVID. It's very relevant and helpful. And she gives some practical advice about how we can make some peace with food right now. People are feeling completely overwhelmed, stressed beyond stressed, and they're finding that they're using food to soothe their emotions, which is totally understandable. But we're going to talk about what we can do about this and maybe how we can make some skillful choices about what might be a better method of soothing ourselves in this really, really challenging time. Well, I've got my loyal Jack Russell Sparky. He's taking a nap right after our little walk. He's right by my side. So let's begin. We have a great interview for you today, one that is very relevant. Um, And I'd like to introduce Annie Goudreau, who's a nutritionist and aging expert and a professional speaker. And we're going to be talking to Annie about uh, the fact that more than ever, many women are really experiencing struggles in their relationships with food. And, you know, we, uh, as you know, if you've been listening, I'm a specialist in eating disorders. And we've talked already about how women in general struggle with their relationship uh, with food and body. And we're finding, of course, now that anxiety is heightened. Uh, People are spending more time at home. They're definitely feeling increased stress off of their regular routine. Uh, So we're going to talk with Annie, who's a holistic nutritionist and wellness coach. We're going to ask her to help us uh, think about how to take care of our mind and bodies during 
COVID. Annie is an anti-diet practitioner and says healthy is not a shape. Welcome to the program, Annie. Thank you for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. (laughs) Well, you know, as we said earlier, this is like, you know, probably what we love to talk about. I know we have great passion about this. And and also, I think we both have a really clear understanding that people, particularly women, who uh, many of whom are listening to the show here, are really struggling with uh, food, body, uh, diet, and all of that right now. Are you seeing that as well in uh, where you are in Toronto? Definitely. You know, I like to use the um, the expression that this current situation has just highlighted any of the little cracks that we had, any little mm-hmm. places where we were maybe a little bit, you know, uncomfortable or and, and so on. So uh, it's a it can be a very very challenging time right now. Mm-hmm. And it's so interesting because what, uh, I mean, I know you're very aware of this, is what I see is when people are stressed, particularly if they have flirted with an eating disorder before, or they have what we call a subclinical eating disorder where they are very preoccupied with food and body. I mean, you know, this is like fuel on the fire right now because there's no sense of control and you know, this is kind of a, an easy place to get some control. Is, is that how you, what you're seeing? Definitely. Definitely. It's where we can see a lot of people are hanging on to, you know, whatever they can, right? And for a lot of individuals, this is, this is the hyper-focus moment, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. it's, it, this is all we have, those walls in ourselves and not a lot of else. So it can be definitely highlighting that situation. Mm-hmm. What are you finding with your clients, Annie? Are you finding that people are sort of moving into more of a restricting food to help feel safe and controlled or more uh, eating for uh, sort of emotional comfort? How, how do you see that playing out in your practice? Definitely more the latter. We are seeing so many more people relying on food for comfort because we have a lot of emotions with which we are not that comfortable with. Mm-hmm. So whether it's loneliness or, or you know, fears, anxiety, um, uh, the solitude is very challenging for some as well. So food comes in and all those places, you know, boredom, yeah, right? Mm-hmm. So all mm-hmm. these things in food... You know, food is wonderful um, and, uh, and provides that immediate, you know, soothing. So I see, I see mostly that in my practice. Mm-hmm. And are you seeing that people are saying, why am I overeating? Do they get upset with themselves or do they have an understanding that this is kind of a natural, uh, you know, uh, what should I say? It's a natural consequence of being anxious or bored or feeling uh, uh, afraid of so much solitude. Yeah, great question. I I see that a lot of people actually are aware that 
they are literally eating their emotions, right? There's enough, mm-hmm. um, there's enough self-awareness that they recognize that. I think that they wish they were stronger and they judge themselves harshly, mm-hmm. right? And so we work together a lot to make sure that we remove the judgment and that we, because I believe it is a time where we need to have so much more compassion, and so much more kindness towards ourselves. Mm-hmm. And that's not something that seems to be in great supply in general for at least the clients I work with. What is it like for you? Um, I think that there are so many messages out there that say, you know, if you're good, if you're good quotation mark and, um, you know, you're doing your your exercise and eating your kale, that means good. You are strong and, you know, ch- mm. you know, little star beside your name. <laughs> you get a go. You get the prize. Yes. Yeah. Gold star you. Gold star you. you know? Yay. And on the opposite side, if I eat an, an entire row of Oreo cookies, I am a bad person. And shame on you because that means that you are weak and you exercise no self-control. Mm-hmm. And so oh, they God. internalize so all harsh. this. Mm-hmm. Oh, it is harsh. It's it literally it, it's very brutal. I actually find it um, extremely harsh and um, almost immoral because it is mm-hmm. denying fundamentally human nature. You know who we are. Uh-huh. at our core. Just wanting to get a little help with our emotions and doing the best we can and then slamming ourselves because we're bad. Correct. And, you know, one thing I remind clients all the time is your best cannot be your best. It is not the same every day, right? Mm-hmm. So today if I'm doing my best and that meant that I had a little bit of a treat in the afternoon, um, but I still did my best today. Tomorrow, I may actually be even go out and have a nice long walk and overall manage my emotions, you know, properly. But I did my best tomorrow. But your best is different day to day because because you don't have the same capacity every day. Mm-hmm. Right, and I think about moms with kids, and I, I, I do not know how they're doing it, and and having any semblance of mental health, trying to do the schooling or just crowd control, you know. And so, if you dip into a Nutella, you know, jar with a spoon, oh my goodness, <laughs> give yourself a break. Absolutely, absolutely. I think that you know. I mean, I'm like you. I don't know how they do it, uh, but what I do know from some of my clients that are in that situation is that they, ha- especially more the moms, they've given themselves permission for, you know, kind of anything goes, because even the kids are extremely out of their routine, and most of the time, you know, they adjust, but they they have their bad days, and then it goes even crazier in the household. Um, so I see that very much uh, with these women who are, you know, and imagine trying to also work in there. Oh, no. Crazy town. No, no. 
I can't. I I can't imagine. I can't imagine. And it's going to be very interesting uh, when this clears. What we're going to find, you know, what the consequences, the mental health consequences are. So, how do you, as a holistic nutritionist and wellness coach, speak? Like, first of all, how do people come to you? I know that you work online and you're international, but someone came to you and said, "Listen, I'm eating Oreos and I'm eating." Um, a lot of sugar, refined, whatever, I'm stressed out, it feels out of control. How do you work with people to help them through some of these really, really stressful times? I always think of it, uh, you know, the person, a person is, is, has many facets. So we really take a holistic approach that includes, you know, food is only one small part of this equation. But we look at kind of, I look at it as we peel the layers and Mm. uh, we look at what are the causes? Where is this starting with? Because then I can really help the person support their life with the systems that they need. And, you know, systems are are just, you know, the things that you need to do to support your good habits, right? Mm. So we look at, okay, so most of the time, People know honestly, intuitively what they need to do, but they are lacking the systems and the framework to have, to maintain the healthy habits on an ongoing basis. Mm-hmm. So we work at identifying first and then setting up those systems. And, you know, of course, you know, a little bit of, of, um, of support directly when there are some clear nutritional issues. But for the most part, when they come to me, um, we just have a lot of work to do to support that person so that they are really well, really have the perfect framework to succeed on a day-to-day basis. Could you give me some examples of that, Annie? Because I think just to sort of see if I can uh, understand this, you're saying, I think, that people come, they're, let's just say they're eating maybe more sugar and uh, um, highly processed Mm -hmm. carbs, and they recognize it's an emotional you know, it's something to soothe emotional uh, rawness or whatever. So you help them understand to begin with that it makes sense at some level and that they're just not crazy and (laughs) out of control uh, cookie monsters. Exactly. And that there's nothing wrong with them. They're just a normal human being, right? Ah. But they lack often the level of awareness. So I basically Mm. place a mirror and we look at where is this coming from? And we dig a little bit deeper. Sometimes, of course, people just need, okay, you know, please, please just turn me on the path and then guide me on that path. And for example, you know, somebody that I have a number of clients who, and this is, this is quite common with women actually, who, who um, are quite afraid of, of activity. And I don't use the word, the word exercise on purpose, you know, really activity. They're mm-hmm. afraid of, of moving their bodies because of 
a lot of reasons and ingrained and often, you know, we grew up and they're saying to us, you know, well, you're not very good at sports, you know, and, mm. and you equate that with, oh, well, I'm useless with my body. My body is, is not good. And, and um, we look at where that comes from. And then we will put, for example, so what I mean by a framework is a lot of people believe that it has to all be complicated and that, that you need to become this Olympic athlete in order to enjoy using your body. And mm -hmm. I guide them to the resources that they need to make this happen. And I will basically say, okay, you know, we need the shoes and we need a, a jacket by the door. And every day at five o'clock, you'll have an alarm that says, okay, Annie, we're now going for a half an hour walk. Mm -hmm. The systems start to be in place. I have a reminder. It's in the calendar. My stuff is ready by the in the closet. I don't have to look for it. And You set it up for success. Exactly. That's what I mean by framework. The systems that will support your good habits, right? And yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's so, um, uh, you know, and then of course, you know, within, within a month, people go, I don't even think about it anymore. I just go, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So a lot of us were never taught that all you need to do is put systems in place. Mm -hmm. And to even think that this is possible, because a lot of them are saying, you know, at the beginning, oh, I can do, I can do half a mile. Mm -hmm. And then next thing you know, they're like, okay, you know, we're at two miles, you know, can I go more now? <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. right because that momentum builds more, more momentum mm, i see i see and uh, if we think about it in terms of food struggles mm -hmm. now so let's think about a woman perhaps a mom really feeling overwhelmed i think that's fair to say right yes. now are <laughs> yeah. there systems are there systems that can be helpful in terms of uh, I don't even know, like uh, 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 putting a positive framework uh, in so she doesn't feel like her only way to get comfort is to go for the cookie drawer. Absolutely. Absolutely. We need to look at what isn't that emotion at that moment. So, mm -hmm. you know, are we in overwhelm or are we frustrated um, understanding what's the emotion that is under there, I think is, is one of the first things that I do with these moms. I also am a big believer that, uh, you know, motivation and self-control are come in very small quantities in all of us. Right. And it's a lim <laughs> it's a limited amount of, of resource. Like willpower. You're, you're yes. saying like the, the willpower is a bit of a myth. It's, that it's not it. that you just yes. need more willpower and you'll be great. Yes. So many mm. women tell me, you know, oh, Annie, you must have so much willpower. And I will tell you, I have no more willpower than anyone else out there. But the strategy to use is to set ourselves up so that I am not tested too many times per day. So for example, oh. my go-to when I have a weak moment would be to devour salt and vinegar chips. I love them. Mm -hmm. I love them. Mm. And I love a lot of them. Um, <laughs> but I definitely set myself up for success by removing them from the house. Because if they're mm -hmm. here, I am like everyone else, eventually I'm totally going to fall into them. 
and mm-hmm. I also prepare um, some strategies that I can go to. So I can have some healthy snacks ready in the fridge for sure for those moments where I'm like, no, I must, must eat. And I also put a big post-it on my fridge. And if, if you could see here, I would show you, I have this mm-hmm. humongous post-it note in color and with a big marker, I wrote, am I hungry or mm-hmm. am I, and then I, I have a big square because it stops me in my tracks. Oh, that's brilliant. And it really reminds me of Evelyn Triboli's work um, and Michelle May's work, Am I Hungry? Which is a question that I think when you're in that like uh, craving mode, that does not uh, enter one's mind. You're just going a beeline right to the whatever it is, cookie, whatever. Yes. Um, but the, the question is, you know, am I hungry? And if I'm not, what else do I need? Exactly. So with my clients, I work on what are your go-tos? What can we do? Do you have a sister? Do you have a friend that you can text? Do you, do you have a mom that is, you know, two doors down also with two little ones that will be happy to let you rant and rave for, <laughs> you know, for a couple minutes and, and she, you know that she will understand and you know you won't be judged and you know you'll be in a safe place, right? What are your support systems? And we put those in place. And it's the idea that many times we're looking for soothing of some sort. Yes. And then we find a, a different way to do it. One that only works for 20 minutes, better than one that only works for 20 minutes. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So you is that what you're seeing? The connection is... I feel emotionally raw. The food does help and it tastes good and all of that. And you're trying to understand, okay, what is it that uh, the deeper need? Mm-hmm. What's the trigger? Truly the trigger, mm. right? Because when I hit my foot, um, you know, on, um, <laughs> on the leg chair and it hurts, it's very clear, right? The pain is related to that action. But when I have a craving, I, I just, you know, you can think, oh, well, I'm just hungry. But the truth is that, no, what's, what's, where's the hurt coming from? You know, oh, where's, I love that. Where's where is it, right? From? What's the pain? What's inside asking for attention? Hello, Zesties. I want to tell you about one of my all-time favorite exercise and stress reduction tools, which I am really relying on during this quarantine, but I've sung its praises for years. The benefits are seemingly endless. Uh, It's great for toning and strengthening muscles. It improves your lymph system, your metabolism. It helps with joint pain and balance, and it's even used by NASA astronauts because it's such an efficient way to exercise. And if you're older or you're worried about your balance, you can order a stabilizer bar to hang on to. I'm talking about my NEDAC Rebounder mini trampoline. I put on my music and I have my own dance party. Because for me, exercise needs to be fun and invigorating. Otherwise, I don't want to do it. 
Now is not the time for the philosophy of no pain, no gain, because we're in enough pain. This is a way to feel good and energized and have fun. It really does help mood as well. And I like that NEDAC is made in the USA and it is really solid. I've had mine for 15 years and it's still in great shape. The NEDAC Rebounder will help us get through this quarantine in better shape mentally and physically. And there's also a model that folds up if space is an issue. One of my clients puts it on her driveway and uses it while she's watching her kids during the quarantine. Anyway, I can't recommend NEDAC rebounders enough. They are a worthwhile investment in your health and overwhelm overall well-being, especially now. If you are interested in a mini trampoline, please don't buy a cheap one. Those can be actually dangerous, and it is really worth uh, investing in a good quality one. And right now, if you use the coupon code just for Zestful Aging listeners, the code is Zestful, they are going to include a free cover for you. So go to NEDAC.com. It's N-E-E-D-A-K.com. And if you have any questions, you can contact me at ZestfulAging.com. I really am their biggest fan. Oh, my goodness. Now, you know, I, um, I know you work with all kinds of people. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if some of the people that you treat or come to you don't know the answer to that question. Oh, yes, absolutely. But sometimes they say it's everything. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> because it can, it's, a, it's a lot of the times it's not just one thing, right? Like, that, like this mom that I have as a client Who's, who has a, um, a child with whom right now it's very challenging. And she is frustrated, she is angry, and she feels lonely all at once in one beautiful package. Mm. And again, whether it's one emotion, two emotions, or you know, a whole bunch all kind of stuck in a knot, uh, you know, in a knot we can start to peel the layers and we can address each of them. Mm -hmm. To help her understand herself better. Yes. That awareness, again, it comes back to that awareness. In our, in awareness is power. Because at the moment that I am able to say, oh, right now I'm really angry. I'm angry because mm-hmm. I've had it with this current situation and mm-hmm. all I want to do is go visit my girlfriend and have a glass of wine on her porch mm-hmm. and, you know, just banter and laugh. And I'm angry because we haven't been able to do this for three months now. And when you have that awareness, it's amazing how calling it out, um, uh, how do you call that, uh, you actually remove its power. Because mm-hmm. seeing it, seeing it exactly, mm-hmm. calling it out, it mm-hmm. completely 
um, remove the power of the feeling and puts you back in the driver's seat. I see. And something you can do something about, right? If I know now that I'm lonely, well, my choices aren't as good as they were before COVID, but at least I know what I'm dealing with. If I just blindly go from overwhelmed to cookies, I miss the opportunity to say what's really as you say, what's really hurting. Yes. Where's the pain point? Mm, you know? Mm-hmm. And then tell me sorry. Yeah, go ahead. No, go. I was just gonna say, and then and then we can be proactive and then we can also start to see how we can minimize future opportunities for that craving. Mm-hmm. Because if I know, for example, I'm an extrovert. I have found at the beginning of this situation that it was very challenging for me to not, and I'm French, I miss hugging people and touching people. (laughs) (laughs) And I found that very hard. And I had to admit, you know, I had one day where I was extremely sad. And when I peeled the layers on it, I realized, yeah, I miss, I miss people and I miss touching them. I miss their energy and so on. So now that I know that I'm predisposed to that, I am very careful in my daily routine that I have a lot of conversations and conversations like we're having now because I feel connected and it gives me energy. So it helps me. Which would not be, so if you went from feeling just, let's say this kind of amorphous blah yuck, and then you went to the Nutella, you would miss the opportunity to say, oh, I'm French, I miss hugging people, I miss being with people, I'm going to do this, this, and this, and really sort of get to the tap root, not just plucking off the top of the petals. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. It's like a more skillful way of soothing oneself. Totally. You know, we have needs as human beings mm-hmm. and we are complex. And it would be crazy to, to, to think that at all times, every day and every hour of our lives, that all our needs are met and everything is in this beautiful homeostasis, right? Beautiful balance. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The reality Mm -hmm. is that it's a little bit all over the place Mm -hmm. and, and that's okay. But to be able to have that awareness then allows you to really be able to self-direct a lot more, right? To have options. I see. Yeah, that makes so much sense. Now, I love your quote, healthy is not a shape. Mm. Can you talk about that? And and I don't, you know, I, I'm curious about if there are cultural differences between Canada and the U.S. and how, how you talk to women about this and maybe how you have to uh, do a little bit of um, education. Mm-hmm. Talk about healthy is not a shape. Well, it really started with uh, actually when I was in school and um, to become a nutritionist. And people would ask me, you know, so what are you going to do with this degree? And, you know, I used to say, well, I'm going to serve women. They're my passion. 
and I, I really relate to them. And, um, and people said, you know, so that means that you're going to do weight loss. And mm-hmm. I, I used to say, actually, it's the last thing I'm going to be doing is doing weight loss. Um, and I think that Canada is not very far from the U.S. in terms of, you know, that aspect at all, mm-hmm. you know, definitely, definitely no, not much difference. Where there is, um, um, I, I think that <laughs> Canadians are less direct than Americans. And so the messages around health and diet are sometimes more subtle. Mm, and, okay. um, and I find that sometimes a little disturbing because you get just all these little messages all the time that and, and, you know, media is the same here as it is, of course, um, mm-hmm. um, in your country, that, you know, health means a certain thinness. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, all of the qualities of womanhood, you know, are related back to that. And I have encountered, and I'm sure that you see this in your practice as well, all kinds of different state of health and I just felt myself that we needed to stop the conversation on a superficial level which is what that is when we say healthy means thin for example um, mm-hmm. because there is so much underlying health issues It's so much more complex. Is that what you're saying? So, so complex. So don't make an assumption that mm -hmm. being a lower weight means being more healthy. Yes. And I also talk about, you know, joyful aging, right? This is one Mm. of my passions is, is aging with joy is fundamentally what is going to bring you to health um, Mm. in the long, long run. And I have met a lot of very unhappy, thin people. I will tell you that. <laughs> oh, that's really funny. And, you know, I think what people don't realize is that being happy is uh, health promoting. Absolutely. This is scientifically proven. Mm-hmm. Laughter brings health. Mm-hmm. Joy purpose brings health mm-hmm. right um those are actually quite tied uh, together the purpose and joy and um they are bigger determinants of long-term health than diet exercise and smoking together isn't that unbelievable and i love that i love that and it's not a permission to go smoke <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> you know, it means how powerful that is. Mm-hmm. But instead of talking about feelings and instead of talking about finding, you know, meaning and purpose in your life, you know, people are worrying about a dress size. Makes me crazy. Mm-hmm. How is for you how do you deal with that when you have someone who has been worried about dress size 
since they were, you know, in grade school. And mm-hmm. now with COVID, they're saying, oh, I'm, you know, I have quarantine 15. I'm so upset. How do you deal with your own feelings about that philosophy of life? Um, it, it's a great question. There's two parts to this. When I work with clients, I always say, I understand that the weight is a concern of yours. I don't want to disrespect the person, right? And, mm-hmm. and it is what they feel is genuine. But I often use the picture truly of the iceberg. The weight is only the tip. Mm-hmm. What matters and what is much more significant is below the water, right? Mm-hmm. And when we focus on getting you healthy, on you getting your joy back, having healthy habits that give you personal leadership, right? Making good decision for yourself that makes you feel good. Believe me, the weight is never going to be an issue anymore. Say, say more about that. What When you say, believe me, the weight will never be an issue. What, what do you mean by that? Because, you know, Obesity is a real issue, mm-hmm. right? And so I am not saying that extra weight um, should just be discounted. And as long as you're happy, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, that is not the truth, of course. And, um, and of course, I want people to live a long time in a healthy way. That means that a, a body in which we feel comfortable and a body that can operate is important to do. So... That's not discounting that. But often what happens is that there's been such a focus on the image part. So the weight, the dress size, the size of my thighs or, or my waist, etc., cetera, um, that people have not learned what are actually habits in systems that lead, that make their lives um, positive and enjoy and and that they can enjoy Mm -hmm. right we saw that food can either be a reward or a punishment we remove the joy of wow look at bounty and what nature has provided us look at the beautiful pleasure of eating you know we we have removed the the essentials and we look at exercise as this punishment. Oh, if you want to lose mm-hmm. weight, you're going to have to be in the gym and sweat and be miserable. As opposed to when I work with clients, we focus on rediscovering your body and the joy of moving, mm-hmm. the joy mm-hmm. of walking, or it could be the joy of dancing. It could be, I love bowling, you know, well, maybe not today, but in the future, <laughs> right? Um, mm-hmm. People have been so disconnected from how it feels in their bodies mm-hmm. because they've been in this punishment mode. Because I can assure you, if you've been living with a lot of extra weight for a long time, there's been a lot of body shaming done on you, mm-hmm. right? We know that. So the person is holding on to all that shame. Mm-hmm. And... 
the process that we go through really explores you know what's below that surface because we need to deal with the shame and we need to go back to what is it that fires you up in life you were not born like that right you were born with joy the sense of discovery and you ran around as a child right your body and you didn't think and you didn't think I'm running, I'm on the uh, playground. I think I burned 300 calories. Now <laughs> exactly. I can eat a cookie. <laughs> you know, you were playful. So we go back to, we go back to these things that are fundamental to humans, by the way, right? Play, joy, laughter, all these things. They're not mm-hmm. exclusive to the world of children. So that's what I call when we deal with that below that surface. There are a lot of habits that change in that person's life, how they think, how they look at themselves. So you're saying it transforms their entire life, not just their food and movement choices. Absolutely. It's everything, all the decisions that they make on a daily basis. It's who they surround themselves with. It's how they rest and rejuvenate with their hobbies, with things that, you know, fill, I call it fuel your, um, fill your, uh, your uh, soul tank. Aha. Uh-huh. Right? Those are things, those are the things that literally transform people. That is so beautiful. And it, it, do you, um, are most of these ideas and concepts that you use things that you have learned in formal training, or are they things that you take from your own discovery of your own joy and play? Mm-hmm. I think um, it's a combination. I I've given this a lot of thought. I'm obsessed with the subject, so I read everything <laughs> on aging and the mind and the science. You know, of course, combined with nutrition and all the this, all the knowledge that we've accumulated and we continue to uh, to gain, um, my own journey informed a lot of this as well. And um, if you look at Eastern philosophies with combined with Western philosophies, it's all mixed in there. Mm-hmm. And I know it works because I see it all the time with clients. That's really, it must be very satisfying to see someone kind of go below the iceberg and and start asking much bigger and deeper questions about how can they bring joy to their lives. And that's the direction of health, not how can I cut carbs so I lose <laughs> exactly. weight and where, yeah, yes. I see it. Yes. And I do tell clients, you know, stop eating the things that do make you unhealthy. You know, like I'm not going to promote an unhealthy diet, Mm -hmm. you know, but I don't. um, um, But actually, I was on a call earlier today, for example, and um, a a new a brand new client of mine. And, you know, her worry was, you know, Annie, are you going to take away all the wonderful foods that I love? (laughs) And (laughs) I said, absolutely not. But we are going to have a frank conversation about the different things that make up, you know, how you eat and how satisfying those things are and how they make you feel. 
you know, in the immediate it's, moment and later. So it's all, it's, it's, a, it's so interesting to even bring that idea up. I love that idea of satisfying because people look at me sometimes like, what does that have to do with it? Satisfying. <laughs> I ate this much protein, this much this, this much that, as if you're like, you know, you're a car and you need, a, you know, this is supposed to be lovely. That's yes. why we have taste buds. <laughs> yes, exactly. And that maybe that's a cultural thing for me. I'm French. We love mm. to eat, mm-hmm. right? And, and food is, is a celebration. Um, you know, not, you know, three meals a day, seven days a week. Um, but it's a precious, it's a precious thing to be able to eat and eat beautiful food. So maybe, maybe that also has influenced, you know, uh, how I have come to this kind of mindset. And I, I should also add that I've been reading, you know, incessantly on the concept of aging and, uh, you know, what I am talking about, a lot of people figured out around, you know, how do we set ourselves up to have the best rewarding, you know, life experience? Because we age every day of our life. It doesn't start at 50 or 43 or whatever number we choose, right? Mm-hmm. We, so how do we set ourselves up so that we get that quality of life that we are looking for um and it changes of course right there's times there are times in our life that have different priorities but even within those times how do we set set ourselves up for that joy and um to have that satisfaction so you're really talking about intention and reflection about what makes my life uh, feel good, Mm -hmm. what makes it satisfying. And those are questions that I think some of us might forget to ask ourselves or, you know, never learn that those were relevant questions as women, because it's mostly been about how can I be a good parent or a spouse or, you know, volunteer or whatever, you know, worker. It's not so often to say, how do I want my life to look? Mm -hmm. And how can I get there? Absolutely. You know, you, um, you're touching on something that often surprises you know, my clients, because they say, oh, Annie, you know, it's almost spiritual. And I say, Mm. yes, because it's about connecting yourself to your deepest self, Mm -hmm. right? To the core of who you are. And you're right. A lot of people don't know. One of the things I ask my clients to do is define their values, Mm -hmm. right? And because that's your operating system. So is if... If, you're val- if in your values, um, you do not value, for example, um, happiness and joy, um, how do you expect to have behaviors that will support that? Mm-hmm. So having the knowledge of what your values are is really critical. Those are, I call them your little compass, right? So you're really talking about the deepest existential questions of like what makes you tick and and um 
it's not about clean eating and this much uh, portion, you know, I mean, it sounds like that's part of it. Yes. But the bigger part is who are you and what do you need to have a deeply satisfying life? Yes. And we have, um, we have conversations around, you know, if you, because often people come to me, they've, they, you know, I always say people come to me only when the pain is so big that they know they can't stand it anymore. Mm -hmm. Right. So it didn't just occur in the last week. This has been building and building. And sometimes also people have tried different modalities and strategies. And, and then they kind of go, no, 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 no. I need to, I, I finally need to look at this in, in differently. So my approach is, is clearly very different because it has multi prongs and mm -hmm. you don't get, you don't get a food plan with me. You, that's, you know? <laughs> I was thinking that's, yeah, you're, you're going structural. You're yes. not just. <laughs> yeah. Last food plan I did was in school because I had to. Uh, yes, <laughs> After that, yes. I was like, that's not for me. There are lots of mm -hmm. people who, who do that and they do it very well, but that's not, I, I give guidelines, right? Parameters. Mm -hmm. um, because the mindfulness is about everything, right? Feelings, how I eat, etc. Do you have any advice um, before we end for people who are really struggling right now um, with, you know, we know how stressed out people are, they're overwhelmed, uh, feeling out of control. What would be the first step for people to try to explore some of these things that you talked about in terms of, you know, having a more peaceful relationship with food? I, I think that one of the, the first go-to strategies is to start journaling, just putting down on paper what's happening. Mm -hmm. something that is private that's that's a easy first step for the person um to even look at what's going on just you know and it, it, it we're not looking for Shakespeare here right <laughs> we are looking for you know I woke up today feeling um x and mm -hmm. um I don't know exactly what is going on you know having that honesty um, of their state, right? And this is a great starting point because it's amazing when, you know, one thing happens with, with humans, you know, when you start to uh, go down a little road, um, you know, you make discoveries. And that process of just starting to put on paper what is going on is a great starting place. And maybe also, you know, reinforcing that whatever is going on is important enough to spend time on. Yes. And, you know, that this matters, my thoughts and feelings, even though they may not be crystal clear right now, you know, they're worth putting down. Yes. And they're little messages. Think about them as little text messages that are coming through. <laughs> and they're saying something to you. So... What a nice opportunity to start to have a dialogue with, in, with what's going on inside. 
mm-hmm. right? Because sometimes I think it's intimidating because we believe that we have to fix and solve everything. And this process is more about discovery, mm-hmm. right? So there's not necessarily uh, we are solving it, but by discovering, as we said a little earlier in our conversation, you know, you start to see, oh, this is what's happening with me right now. Mm-hmm. Or I just wrote in my journal for two pages and realized, boy, you know, I didn't, I didn't see that, you know, how incredibly upset I am about this situation mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. Right? So it gives you that beautiful perspective. That's a great, I think that's a really great first step. And you don't have to show it to anyone. Exactly. Exactly. It's this is a nice, safe place. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it also can guide a conversation that you'll have later on with someone without revealing everything. But that can also say, you know, when somebody asks you, you know, how you are doing, you can actually say, well, you know, I just realized I've been quite upset about this. Mm-hmm. You don't need to give them all the colors and the textures of it. But what a great way to even engage someone else to support you then. Because most likely they will say, boy, you know, I've been feeling those, those emotions too. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And already, I guarantee you, you're, you know, on your way to, you know, the stuff that is below <laughs> the surface. I think that's really a great recommendation. Annie Gudra, where can people find out more about you? Well, on my website is all the information you need, and that is at vive.ca, and that's V as in Victor, mm-hmm. double E, V again, dot C-A. And okay. I'm, all my contact information is there in the social media handles, and I, I really invite everyone to, to come. If you have questions, I am more than happy to support you. Mm-hmm. Yes, I I think that many people need your support right now. And I love your, um, your approach is very gentle, and curious. And, uh, you know, there's, it's, it's so much bigger than I shouldn't eat so much sugar mm. or, you know, I had too many cookies. It's so much deeper than that. And I think what you're saying is, you know, when people work with you and ask these questions, going below the tip of the iceberg opens up a whole new world. Oh, and people are amazed by the discoveries they make. I will tell you that. <laughs> right? They like, they're often say. Oh, dear Lord, I never realized that I was feeling X, Y, and Z, and this is why my head was always in the mm-hmm. fridge, or this is why I could not mm-hmm. sleep, and therefore, mm-hmm. the next day, I had a terrible day, right? It's like a little domino effect. Mm, that it all makes sense. Yes. Um, my, you know, my experience is that people will say, I just feel like I'm out of control. I'm this crazy, you know, binger. And it doesn't, I don't know why, what's wrong with me. But to be able to really make sense of it is so important. Oh, my God, so much. And there is so much shame associated with eating and all of the go-to strategies that, you know, that, we do that are healthy or unhealthy that people that are judged harshly because mm-hmm. we don't have resources and we don't know what are the tools at our disposal. 
right? Mm-hmm. And that shame is anchors you down and keeps you at the bottom of the lake. Mm-hmm. Well, it has been an absolute pleasure speaking with you. I knew we were going to uh, <laughs> be kind of, <laughs> you're preaching to the converted. I just love your message, Annie, and I love your perspective. And I know that our audience um, has really benefited from hearing about, you know, what to look for, uh, how to, to probe a little uh, deeper, how to have self-compassion, especially now in COVID. And I just really appreciate you spending time with me today. Oh, it's been such a pleasure. I, you know, I know we are, we are definitely like-minded people. And to be able to be of service like this is such a tremendous opportunity. So thank you. I loved Annie's recommendation of rediscovering the joy of eating and of movement. And she, uh, I thought, was really helpful to talk about journaling and asking yourself what's really going on, opening up a dialogue with yourself and discovering, you know, what's hard, what's painful. Um, it's a it's a very different kind of question in understanding why you may be reaching for the Nutella all day um, and to really have some understanding about what is paining me and what can I do to help myself that is more long-lasting um, and substantial than just getting into the sugary sweets. I, I thought it was a really lovely interview and uh, I, I share so much of her philosophy and her, her, uh, her quote, healthy is not a shape, is my new go-to uh, in my own practice. Thank you so much for joining us on Zestful Aging. If you like the podcast, please share it with some of your friends. I love to hear from my listeners. Send me an email at NicoleChristina.com. It's no secret that everyone's feeling pretty restless and unsettled right now. Our lives are upside down and the future is feeling pretty uncertain. But if you're anything like me, organizing my stuff can help me feel a little calmer. It's something I can do to help me feel a little more in control and in charge of my own life. If you think decluttering could help you feel better and you could use a little assistance with that, check out the online course I've developed with professional organizer and designer Carrie Luteran. It's called Too Much Stuff. And Too Much Stuff is different from other courses or articles or guidance you may have used. We give you clear steps to deal with the clutter and the tools to help you face the overwhelming feelings and the emotions that come up when we're going through our clutter. And a lot of those emotions are just feeling anxious or guilty or just basically flooded with a lot of different confusing feelings. The course is really practical. It's realistic. The lessons are short and punchy, and they're really manageable. We're not trying to set you up for some long, exploratory, you know, super in-depth, burdensome experience. We want something really helpful for you right now. We all need help with our anxiety. So, 
being surrounded by more calm and less chaos can really help. So now's a good time to clear out the clutter so we can focus on what's really important in our lives. So find out more at zestfulaging.com. You'll see more about this under the web courses tab. If you have any questions, just shoot me an email at zestfulaging at gmail.com. Thanks so much. And stay tuned next week for another interview with a fascinating and inspiring guest. <music>